What's good, everybody? We made it. We survived 2020. Yes. This year. Is it any better so far? I don't know, but we still got hope at least. This is uh, episode 88 of the Puro Caballero Show. Once again, this is your host, Mario Caballero here. Um, yeah, man, it's been a minute. Uh, it's been a little over a month since we last spoke. Uh, what, I think the election time was the last episode that we had. Um, now it's playoff time, baby. So I just wanted to recap some football. But uh, before we get into like the whole season, because it's been a minute since I've been able to talk football on this show with you guys. Um, yeah, just wanted to kind of recap some of the stuff that's happened. Let's see. Uh, holidays came and went. Thanksgiving was a pretty fulfilling time, I guess. Uh, good to be with family around then. Came back to LA for a little bit and then went back. Uh, actually, I went back for Christmas again. That was a little bit more of an adventurous trip. Um, before that happened, got a little bit of a little side hustle gig going on. So that's still a little temp temp job. That's pretty cool. So that's that's not bad on my part. But uh, yeah, man. So I went uh, back home for Christmas and. So far, so good in terms of me being able to duck and dodge this virus like goddamn Matrix movies and shit. But uh, it, it was really, really close there, man. I was uh, sweating it a little bit. So I drive up on that Wednesday, uh, the 23rd, get there like real late at night. Uh, 24th, go over to my grandma's house uh, <laughs> a couple doors down. And hang out with a couple of my relatives. Just like a handful. There was like... Four, six, seven, like 12 of us or so. Not a lot of people. Um, yeah. <laughs> One of them happened to get sick the next day. And they took a test. And then they ended up with a positive result, unfortunately. So, me and the rest of my family had to quarantine and hang out. So basically, I went back home and literally never never left for the most part. Um, yeah, it took me a while to get a test, uh, considering the fact that I don't have health insurance at the moment. Uh, so yeah, I had to wait a little while. I had to wait in a long-ass line at uh, one of the free clinics that they had back home in Stockton. So that was an adventure. <laughs> that was a little more than I anticipated. Everything was good. Everybody else tested back negative, um, who I was in contact with. So I've been good. I took a test over there and then came back after about like 10 to 12 days or so up there. Um, no, nah, it was like a week, I think, at that point. Anyway, so I came back, uh, took another test down here in L.A., got the results back also negative. So I passed negative two times. I think now the grand total... I think is 13 total tests I've taken since this pandemic has broken out. And so far, so good. So I'm going to knock on some of that wood right there because, by golly, I'm trying to take this shit as serious as possible while, while at the same time still trying to pursue some goals and shit and doing some stuff. So got to be protecting myself and my health my sanity, all that stuff, so, 
Yeah, like, man, this, uh, this virus is wild, man. Nothing to fuck with. It's, you know, currently in January right now, man. It's, it's yeah, 2021. It's uh, January the 8th. And, man, it's uh, <laughs> freaking uh, crazy times for this virus. We kind of predicted it with the winter coming cases skyrocketing i guess one thing we didn't necessarily anticipate is that the virus would be mutating and now that we've uh discovered there's more contagious versions of this goddamn covid19 bullshit uh which they found in the uk and a couple other places too so now it's in the u.s now so apparently it's 70 percent easier to pass along to other people which is kind of fucking frightening considering how dangerous it's already been and how easy it's able to spread to other people so a little bit of a concern <laughs> just a little bit um t's and p's thoughts of prayers for everybody who's you know fought it off who's gotten it um you know people obviously have um fallen very ill some people have actually succumbed to the disease as well so obviously don't want to mitigate that i know it's a critical time right now and Los Angeles County, San Joaquin County too, I think are bad, and State of California, I think those are two of the most uh, uh, worst hit places in terms of like ICU capacity and the percentage of the population that are getting sick, and uh, yeah, those happen to be the two places I've been spending my time the last few months, so yeah, it is what it is, I guess, but uh, um, doing as much as I can. As, uh, at least that, that's what I tell myself, man. I try. I try at least. I damn near try. But, uh, yeah, so besides that, Christmas was pretty tame this year. Didn't really get to see much of the family. Obviously, after we found out that one of our relatives was sick, uh, we didn't come in contact with anybody else. Um, let's see. My aunt's birthday, day after Christmas, we did it, the whole thing. That was, uh, like, via Zoom. We had to be via Zoom because we couldn't be there. Even, like, because it was, like, one of those, uh, like, they are going to drive through or whatever. Stay in the, everybody stay in the car type of thing. But, uh, yeah, we couldn't make it. So, it is what it is. Definitely ate a lot of food and I definitely have gained some weight over these last, uh, few months man oh I, i've been ransacking through my my parents uh pantry freaking the kitchen man eating cookies what else did i have i had a few tamales a lot of pozole man so much food so much drank a little with my dad um, hung out a lot, watched a lot of sports, per usual, watched a few movies, watched a few stand-ups too, uh, there was like a thread on one of the Facebook groups I was in, so they were talking about like their favorites for the year, and there's a couple on there that I hadn't heard of, or wasn't as familiar, so uh, yeah, shout out to... Taylor Thomason's special. That was a fun one. 
Uh, Sam J also had a very funny one too. Both of them. Uh, I would recommend checking out. So those are cool. There's been a bunch of other ones I like this year, but it's been weird. Also, that Andrew Schultz Saves America, that shit was pretty cool. Very different. It's kind of the late night monologue type of setup. But the jokes per minute are freaking insane. <laughs> like It'd be impossible for you to be able to do that on like a nightly show. Just based off of the amount of contact that's just jam-packed in there. This dude Schultz like didn't breathe like <laughs> over an hour's worth of material. There was like four fifty minute episodes and this dude goes from one joke to the next joke to the next joke to the next joke and he just like doesn't let it sit. And then there's also like a video the visual element of like what they show, the little graphic next to him on the screen. And there's like jokes within that too. So like that shit adds up. There was so many times I had to stop, rewind, and rewatch that shit just to make sure I got it every part of it or mo as much as I could so that shit was pretty funny um <laughs> yeah that dude did it himself man DIY success to the fullest man so if you can't get inspired by that shit you're just a hater I feel like <laughs> regardless of whatever type of industry you're in you gotta respect the hustle you may not necessarily enjoy the product, but you gotta respect the hustle at the very least. At the very least, right? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, speaking of hustle, though, uh, on a personal note, I was able to cram in 200 open mics for the year. Uh, in open mics slash shows, performances, opportunities for me to try comedy. Uh, yeah, I'll put it that way. So, uh, 200, yeah. <laughs> Finished the, exactly at 200, which is wild to me. Uh, a couple years ago, I would probably told you it would be nuts if I was going to do something that many times. But here we are. So, yeah. <laughs> I think I've talked about this before on the last uh, some previous shows, but the, the New Year's and like the resolutions and stuff, I've kind of used that as like a goal setting. Um, for me in the comedy, uh, uh, you know, progress and then everything that I've made in the last couple of years. I think the first year I said I wanted to do 50, ended up getting 100 done. And then last year I said I wanted to do like 150 and I got to 200. So, not too bad. Let's see what I could do. I, um, I'm kind of hesitant to want to raise that level. And that number but I do want to also set some other goals in mind I haven't necessarily established firm goals in terms of what I want to do performances wise based on the reality that it's uh, currently an ongoing pandemic and still not necessarily the most prototypical situation for uh, to be out and about doing stuff, so I got to be a little selective. Uh, so, um, yeah, last year, I will admit, I uh, want to say I did more sets online than I did actually in person, but that's just based off the fact that the majority of the time, the place I was at it was in lockdown, 
and or uh, the world is scared to talk uh, to be in public with other people for good reason, obviously. So, yeah, uh, that's my kind of cop out, but I understand they're different environments. I'm gonna still say fuck you, and I'm gonna count that shit. All right, because <laughs> um, yeah, man. They're not all the same, but not, not going into every open mic or going to every like show is the same either, too. They're all different. Um, obviously, the goal is to be able to go do it again and live in person as much as possible in as many places as possible. Get my name out there, get that recognition, you know, you know, get the, the support up and all that stuff. But right now, I got to do that virtually. That's what I'm going to have to do. There's a lot of people who are not flexible doing their stuff in this new world and environment and they've been kind of like resting on the laurels and just waiting, trying to be patient on when the world comes back and closer to normal. But then there's other people that are just not going to let that shit try to stop them. It's going to try to adapt and I'm going to try to be the, the second person. Um, and then when things go back, uh, we'll try to use the new skills that I have and apply that to... Uh, what I'm doing. Has it been helpful? I think so. In certain ways. For one, I doubled my Instagram presence. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, two, got a lot more connections in a lot more places. In the comedy scene, which is nice. I think there's like some people that I can trust that I could like. If, uh, uh, you know, future opportunities come their way. I think there's... Uh, um, you know, some good things that we could do and, uh, and yeah, so like there's, those are all those, I have all those restrictions for next year. So it's, I'm hesitant to say like, I want to do like 250, but at the same time today, I did also kind of like challenge, uh, uh, <laughs> my boy Ernesto Ledesma. I'm trying to get him on the show in the future. Uh, I try to kind of challenge him in the comment section on Instagram to see how many we could do this year, see who could beat the other dude. I think he says he's already done six. And we're like, uh, today's the eighth. <laughs> so he's just rolling right through him. Killing him, man. Shout out to him. I've done a couple. I was able to do a couple on Wednesday, uh, which was cool. I had the next day off. So uh was able to stay out in about. I did one in Long Beach, and then I drove my ass all the way out to... San Bernardino, bro. That's how desperate I'm at. Uh, I am to be doing this shit, man. <laughs> Shout out to, to Joe Beltran uh, for putting it on. The don't fuck up the property, Mike. Uh, it was a cool time. Just a bitch to get all the way out there, man. San Bernardino is so fucking far. Even without traffic, it was over an hour, man. Wild. But yeah, <laughs> uh, there's still a few things up and running. I think I, last time I talked to you guys is talking about the park mics or the ones in people's backyards and stuff. Uh, L.A. and California, for the most part, the all the restaurant dining options are closed, indoor or outdoor. So those places are no longer kind of available. So, yeah. Uh, we've got to adapt. 
Um, so yeah, I guess that kind of leads me to another goal that I want to have, um, all things, you know, um, you know, turning up for the better. And that would be to keep running the Koreatown comedy show that, uh, me and my boy VJ were putting on. Uh, we had their first edition back in November, I want to say things got shut down the next weekend. So, um, yeah, we want to bring back uh, the second one, third one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when things get up and up, we'll be up and moving. But, yeah, we need people to stay healthy until then. Yeah, the numbers in L.A. County for, like, the ICU capacity, like the beds, it's bad right now. Like, they're way over capacity. I've read some horror stories and stuff. Uh ambulances the amount of them that they have right now are super low i guess bad is it's bad news bears they need a they need to step it up in terms of being able to have the resources and the capability to provide for people because this is not good man not good uh good sight to to see oh boy 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 I'm trying to think what else so yeah, so I want to get that show up and running at least twice a month. So ideally, I'll be able to get up like 24, 25 shows in a year. With our current situation, that number might be closer to 10 or 15. So I'll say, I'll put a number. I'll say I want to do at least once a month. On average, so if we if we're not able to get going until March, then we can do them every other week. We can still hit that number, or if another shutdown happens at some point, then we can hit that number. But if people get, I guess, vaccinated and that is clean and working for people and it's working correctly and we're mitigating the spread of the shit. And we're making sure people don't get re-sick and all that jazz. And we can move forward. Things opening up uh, as a result of that. Then, hey, maybe we can get closer to 20. But I'll say I'm going to try for 12. Um, last year, I had a goal to try to get on a show at least once a month. And I was able to beat, uh, beat that number. If you count the Zoom shows, which was kind of awkward and weird, some of them were, especially at the beginning, I did a couple of very weird ones where it was kind of like, hey, we need people. And so uh, some of them were just like hit or miss. Some of them were really well put together. And you can tell the hosts do a good job. Um, get, uh, give a big shout out to Cynthia O. I believe uh, Cynthia in Public is her handle. Uh, and then Dante Burnett. AK Superman uh, Productions uh, CEO, I guess, or the, the head of that. Um, so I was able to go on a couple of their shows the last few months. So that was very fun. Um, also did a roast with the, with both of them. Cynthia Public, I guess, is her stage name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, that roast was fun. I had a good time. Good time there. Um, do I, what else? What else do I want to say? Uh, yeah, 2020, that's, that was a, a fucking, a bitch of a year, if I do say so myself, 
fucking wild. Uh, what else did I do? What else did I do? Do 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 do. Um, really riveting stuff, actually, guys. This is real, real riveting. Uh, oh yeah. So, uh, am I ready to move on? I don't know. 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 I could delete that. Boom. All right, yeah. Now, <laughs> now I'm just fucking looking at my fucking files on my phone, cause I'm a spaz. <laughs> oh man, my bad. You ever get so goddamn distracted? <laughs> you don't know what the fuck you're doing. All right, let's uh, X-nay on that shit, and let's just get right to it. All right, let's uh, let's give you the 2020 NFL season. Recap, make a recap. This is gonna be headline city, so we're gonna try to breeze through this shit. We're already 20 minutes into this goddamn program, and uh, yeah, I'm trying not to keep you any too, too goddamn long. But, um, all right, first off, gotta say, all three of my fantasy teams made the playoffs, all three of them lost in their first matchup, and I was very disappointed. They all shat the bed later in the season. I blamed Kyler Murray's injury. Or my downturn in luck all right shit happens uh no money for me this year fucking blows i had a chance for a third place on one of them and it didn't even matter because that league that i was playing in didn't reward third place so yeah that's fun that was fun shit you know most leagues will give you your money back at least or something but not that one so i think they gave it to the high score for the regular season which whatever whatever man uh, my Raiders, they had a tumultuous season. They ended up at 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, was looking pretty promising at times, but ultimately kind of fell flat there. All right, let's go through the headlines, all right? Uh, season kind of got off to a somber note, I do have to say. A Hall of Fame, uh, legendary running back for the Chicago Bears, Gail Sayers, did pass away at the age of 77 prior to the season starting. Um... So I definitely want to send peace over to Jim and his family. Obviously, this was uh, news from months back. So, um, yeah, this is what you're going to get for the first few minutes. Uh, there was a lot of move and a uh, movement in action before the season started. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe got traded from the Jaguars to the Vikings for a 21-second-round pick and a 22nd conditional fifth-round pick. So got a couple picks there for the Jaguars, uh, one of their – I guess better defensive pass rushers there. Uh, Yangakwe did not finish the season with the Vikings. We'll get into that later. But, uh, you know, Minnesota tried, man. Uh, they had some bad luck. They got off to a rough start. Ultimately, didn't have, like, the worst record season, I guess, ever. But it was still very disappointing considering where they thought they were at. Um, speaking of the Jags, they did also release Leonard Fournette 10 days before the start of the season. And he ended up getting signed by Tampa Bay. Uh, goes over to the Bucks um, just a couple days later. Let's see. Patriots ended up releasing Mohamed Sanu. He didn't really do much all year. Um, I want to say he got another cup of coffee somewhere else. I can't remember. Uh, let's see. Washington ended up releasing Adrian Peterson. He got signed by the Detroit Lions. I consider that kind of a win for both organizations. Washington 
uh, ended up being able to use Antonio Gibson a lot more in running situations, strict running situations. They had also uh, J.D. McKissick as kind of their scat bag, pass catcher, that kind of guy. So they were able to use that. And then Detroit, they kind of had like a three-headed monster a little bit. I don't know if it was necessarily monster, but they had a three-headed backfield. And there was moments there. Adrian Peterson, he still got a little tread on the tire. It might be close to popping, but he's still pushing it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man. Legend. Still doing it, man. Let's see, other big names. Josh Rosen, former first-round pick by the Cardinals, got cut by the Miami Dolphins, ended up being signed to Tampa's practice squad. He, later on in the season, ended up getting signed and picked up by the San Francisco 49ers, who had a lot of bad injury crisis. But, uh, yeah, it was wild. Let's see. Uh, Josh McCown ended up joining the Eagles uh, practice squad at age of 41 he never ended up making the team suiting up but he was an emergency 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 quarterback i want to say um never got that opportunity let's see seahawks ended up cutting shakeem griffin after two seasons i believe they did re-sign him uh, if i'm not mistaken i may have been mistaken i don't know they, they also had josh gordon uh, they brought him back. He was uh, suspended by the league for substance abuse issues. Did end up getting reinstated later on in the season. So didn't quite get opportunities to play or get on the field. And I don't expect him to do much uh, moving forward. Um, let's see. There was Jadavion Clowney, that whole scenario situation. And yeah, man. Uh <laughs> Um, um, yeah, let's see. Uh, Genevieve Clowney, he was like a free agent for a long time. Uh, they eventually ended up signing with the Titans for a one-year deal up to $15 million for the season. Don't believe he actually finished the year out. Uh, I believe he got, actually got injured. Um, let's see. The cold sign, um... Yeah, so um, Colts around Kelly, he got signed the highest paid contract ever for a center. Uh, four years, $50 million, and an extension off his previous contract. Let's see. Tredavious White on the Bills, very good cornerback. He got a four-year, $70 million extension. $17.5 million per year is the highest for a corner, uh, or at the time it was. Um, Texans got Deshaun Watson to... Um, uh, signed him to a reported four-year, $160 million extension, which would be the second-highest-paid quarterback right after Mahomes. So he'd be making $39 million. Mahomes making $45 million a year. My God, that is unreal. Um, <laughs> let's see. The Arizona Cardinals uh, signed DeAndre Hopkins. Got a two-year, $54.5 million extension, which is $27.25 million per year. And, yeah, he's the highest-paid player that doesn't play quarterback. Joey Bosa is making $27 million, so just a little bit above him. And he signed that contract earlier in the offseason. Let's see. Dalvin Cook and the Vikings, they got a five-year, $63 million deal. 
Alvin Kamara got a five-year extension worth $75 million for the Saints, $15 million per year. Uh, second highest among running backs with Zeke, uh, right behind Christian McCaffrey, who this year, a little bit of slow start for him, also for Zeke. Uh, so, yeah. Highest paid guys. Kamara, very good. Dalvin Cook, very good as well. But the other guys, so it's like injuries and stuff happen, man. So much of your success in football is situational. So a lot of stuff has to align correctly for you to continue to be able to uh, be productive pretty much and have the numbers show up. Let's see. Um, going to the Rams, they have a three-year, $40 million, $8 million extension with Cooper Cup. Let's see. Robert Woods, Bobby Trees. He got four-year, $65 million extension. And let's see. And then, yeah, like as we mentioned before, Jalen Ramsey, he did get the largest contract. So he got a five-year, $105 million extension. Largest ever for a defensive back. Whew, so much money being doled out. Let's see. Chargers make uh, Keenan Allen, second-highest paid wide receiver ever. Four-year extension with over $80 million. Chargers, Jerwin James. Uh, okay, never mind. Excuse me. I'm just rolling through these fucking things. This is, this is going to be... I don't know how fucking fun this is on your end, but this is cathartic for me because I'm a motherfucker that takes a lot of notes, and I like going right through uh, all of them. And if I don't get through all of them, I'm fucking paranoid um, and upset. And, yeah, I'm like, I need to get the shit off the list. I'm very much that kind of person. So, anyway, that's kind of the off-season moves that happen. All the money, extensions, contracts, and all that stuff. Uh, for the most part. Let's see. That's all up until the start of the beginning of the season. There were some injuries that happened in the individual training camp sessions and stuff that and whatnot. Uh, Derwin James forever. He was officially out for the season. Um, Von Miller had ankle tendons injury. There was a chance he was maybe going to come back at the end of the year, but ultimately did not. Tyrell Williams for the Raiders. Uh, he was a big part of the team in 2019 as their leading pass catcher after that whole fucking AB clown scenario that happened. Uh, he had to miss the whole year on due to IOR. So, um, yeah, it opened up a lot more opportunities. Ultimately, it was Nelson Aguilar who took advantage of a lot of those um, chances. They moved him to the outside, and he was able to use his speed downfield, which was nice. Um, it was thought that maybe Henry Ruggs or Byron Edwards, uh, or Brian Edwards, excuse me, would be able to step up there. They're rookies. They didn't quite flash as much as maybe we had hoped for. But, hey, man. Hey, man. Not all bad. There's still some things to take and build upon. It is what it is. Um, backup situation. It was like, uh, I guess Nathan Peterman was supposed to be the backup. Never ever saw any action. And then Mariota was the backup afterwards. Mariota did get in the game one time later in the season. It actually wasn't too bad. So, yeah, I don't know what to think about that. Let's see. Uh, guys that didn't make the team, Prince of Mukamara, Demarius Randall, couple DBs, not good. Um, they had this Lynn Bowden Jr. guy. They couldn't find a roster spot for him. Got traded to the Dolphins. Uh, he was a third rounder. Um, ended up getting a fourth rounder for him in a sixth. So, I don't know what that means, ultimately. Kind of sucks you get a third-round pick not panning out. But if he's not on your team, man, just get over it, I guess. Uh, 
Giants are releasing DeAndre Baker amid the armed robbery charges we talked about, that crazy situation where him and another ex-teammate uh, were robbing some people for their jewelry <laughs> at gunpoint at a party in uh, South Florida. Yeah, that actually happened. Let's see. Uh, Vikings, Daniel Hunter got placed on IR. We'll miss at least three games. Um, is it Daniel Hunter? Yeah, I think so. I don't even know. Let's see. Um, yeah, getting to the season was a struggle, man. Uh, with all those injuries, all the news and stuff that was going on. Uh, with the COVID uh, scenario situations. Eventually, everybody passed the test. Uh, ahead of week one uh, <laughs> it's crazy crazy stuff a lot of uh, it's like the football season got going no fans in the stands for the most part there were some places that had a very few select number of fans in the stands a couple hundred to a couple thousand at the most uh, some teams had to move facilities a lot of teams couldn't practice during the week games got rescheduled like fucking crazy if you're a fan of watching games on random nights of the week uh, well, this is uh, your season uh, uh, to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> this is the first time ever that there was a game played on every night of the week. There was a, obviously the typical uh, Thursday night football, Sunday, and then Monday. But there was games that got rescheduled to on Tuesday. There was games that was played on a Wednesday. Um, Saturday got some games typically scheduled at the end of the season. But then also, there was a Friday game because there was a game played on Christmas this year, too. Christmas fell on a Friday. So, every day, every day of the week got a game this year, which was pretty crazy. The Tuesday and Wednesday days, those are the, the ones that are pretty, the most out there, I'd say. But, yeah, man. <laughs> Fucking wild. Uh, let's see here. One of the crazy things that happened... <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, I can't believe this is like one of the first things after week one. Apparently, he gave a halftime speech while uh, head coach Ron Rivera was receiving an IV for his cancer treatment. And the Washington football team actually beat the Eagles in week one, rallied. How much of that do you give a credit to Dwayne Haskins? <laughs> and how much, how many eye rolls were the rest of the team given to Dwayne in that situation? As he was, I guess, named the starter at an outright. I don't know. Things didn't end up so hot for him. We'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> fucking wild. I can't believe it's the first note I have here for the season. Uh, Michael Thomas ended up getting injured for the Saints. He had an injury-riddled season. I think he maybe only played three or four games the whole year. Just was constantly out uh, with that uh, uh, high ankle sprain or high ankle injury, whatever it was that he had. And it was pretty significant um saints to their credit man were able to still put together a pretty damn credible offense uh even without him let's see uh <laughs> at this time Le'Veon bell of the jets uh <laughs> was put on ir he got a hamstring injury after the first game uh marlon mack season ended before he kind of got even got started he had torn achilles in the first game so fortunately for him uh, Richard Sherman got placed on IR. Also, another thing, the IR designation was only for three weeks this season as due to the COVID situation. Uh, so, yeah, people were able to come back off of IR a lot sooner. 
I think in prior seasons it was like seven or ten weeks that you had to take you stay out um, before you were eligible to come back if you were placed on the injured reserve. So, yeah. Uh, let's see what happened. So, NFL is trying to do a lot more for like social justice or like at least make it seem like they are. So there are a lot of messages uh, for social justice statements that were put on the little rubber stops. The part on like the back of the neck, that part of the helmet, that's like uh, back there, the little rubber protector. They put usually like the name of the team or whatever, like a logo typically. This year they put like names of victims of like police brutality or like different other statements like end racism and stuff like stuff like that. Uh, well, <laughs> Alejandro Villanueva um, had Antoine Rose Jr. on the back of his helmet. He was a police shooting victim. He replaced it uh, with the name of uh, Alwyn Cash, black army surgeon who died from wounds he sustained while serving in Afghanistan, which is all fine and dandy. But like, I still don't quite get how the military and the police force are always lumped together as if they were the same entity when we can acknowledge both right I mean yeah it's, it's there's layers to this shit but yeah so that that picked up a little storm uh, people were kind of little teed on that stuff but didn't get as much pushback Considering that Alejandro Villanueva is a veteran himself, I understand his his want to 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 shout out somebody who he uh, I guess aligns more and I guess I don't know, but uh, mm, kind of not the point. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, like I said, there were fans, some fans in attendance. Uh, there were some attended the Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs NFL opener, who ended up testing positive afterwards. Um, back in September, they were getting just a couple, t- you know, positive tests per week. But man, as the season got long, along the way, damn, what am I saying? I'm just word soup right now. As the season was continuing and progressing, the number of cases kept going up. Because the weather was getting colder and there's other factors kind of involved there. Um, but yeah, from the get-go, the NFL started trying to make it seem like they were very on top of everything as much as they could, could be. And so there was a lot of violations that they had for their policies about people wearing masks on like on the sidelines and different facilities or whatnot. So the NFL was just handing out fines like crazy. At one point, after week one, they handed out $1.75 million in fines. Uh, Vic Fangio of the Broncos, Pete Carroll of the Seahawks, Cal Shanahan of the Niners, Sean Payton of the Saints, and John Gruden all got $100K. But each team, they all got fined $250K each, which I guess for the teams is kind of like a drop of the bucket, I guess. But like... You know, yeah, this shit adds up, man. Like, where does that money go? Where where does the fine money go? I think that's something that needs to be talked about more, more and discussed. But anyway, um, Gruden, he was apologizing. He says, uh, I'm doing my best. I've had the virus back in July, but wasn't going to go public with that info. Um, so, yeah, so he did that. Um, 
NFL was now they released statements saying that they're going to threaten people to uh, that they were going to take draft picks away if coaches didn't follow the protocols. So um, that kind of continued, I guess. Uh, let's see here. Week two came, had more injuries for the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley ended up missing the rest of the season due to a torn ACL. That kind of, you know, torpedo their chances, at least what you you think. What ended up happening is the NFC East had, like, one of the worst races for the playoffs in recent memory. Like, it was pretty pitiful, man. Pretty bad. It looked like there was a team that was going to get it with, like, five wins, man. Team almost got in with six wins at the end of the season. That's how bad it was. But uh, and then the storylines of how they got there. Each team is just even more incredible. But uh, we'll we'll break that down later. Um, Chris McCaffrey originally got hurt. Then was supposed to be out four to six weeks with an ankle sprain, and that kind of messed his whole season up. Wasn't quite able to get over that. Um, let's see. Uh, Nick Bosa ended up having a tour in ACL. Solomon Tals, to, uh, Thomas towards ACL. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to mix three weeks, I think, with the shoulder injury at the time. Uh, Raheem Mostert had an MCL sprain, missed a lot of games. I think only maybe played two or three more games afterwards. George Kittle also only played a handful of games. The Niners had, like, the, the injury, you know, bug from hell this season. Um, so they did what they could. Try to size Ziggy Anza. Let's see. Uh, uh, Cortland, son of the Broncos, missed the rest of the season after week two. Drew Locke had a sh- uh, shoulder injury. He had to miss some time during the middle of the year. Uh, Paris Campbell for the Colts, out for the rest of the year for MCL and PCL injury. Malik Hooker tore his Achilles. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, oh no, excuse me. This is Tyrod Taylor. Was week to week. Crazy situation happened in the second game. So Tyrod starts the first game. They get a, a um a loss. The second game comes. He was scheduled to start. He had like uh, um some back issues or something, and he was taking a uh, an injection. Oh, it was a rib injury that he had. So he was taking an injection. Uh, eventually, they uh. <laughs> Uh, administered the uh, injection incorrectly and there was a complication where his lung got punctured. Tyrod Taylor had a punctured lung and this was right before the game started. So they had to go to the backup. Uh, They went to the rookie, Justin Herbert, and that dude actually balled out. This was the first game of his career, week two. Learns he's got to start like, I think an hour prior to, to kickoff. And played well. I think they lost it by a field goal to the Kansas City Chiefs, which holds up at the end of the season as a pretty damn good debut performance. He was throwing the ball all over the place. He seems really good. He was one of the best rookie performers of the season, no doubt. Man, he's got some wheels, and he's got a cannon, man. And he can, he can uh, lay some passes. So, he's going to be a problem in the AFC. Um, let's see. Melvin Ingram, he went out on the IR with a knee injury. He did come back later in the season. Um, James White of the Patriots had to miss Sunday Night Football that week due to his parents being involved in a car crash. That was sad. 
Let's see. Falcons put a first-round pick on COVID. And then, yeah, that shit kind of happened. Week three came. And this is when shit started kind of hitting the fan because the Titans and the Vikings both had the closer facilities after there was positive tests on both teams. Uh, let's see. Three players and five staff uh, for the Titans were tested positive. Team wasn't able to enter the facilities <laughs> all the way up until Saturday of that week. And... So there was no positives for the Vikings, and then the Week Four matchup versus the Steelers was going to stay on. They were going to say, and they they eventually moved it to Monday, and now postponed after five players and six. All right, so what ended up happening is like there was a trickle down effect because they had to rejigger the schedule, right? They had to re remove, they had to move pieces around just to get things to work. So they moved a couple of bye weeks around for some teams, um, changed some opponents. And yeah, basically <laughs> that's what happened. Um, it was crazy. It was crazy in the process of when it was happening. A lot of people thought they were gonna have to start postponing games. The idea was that there was a contingency plan in place for the NFL to create a what was called like a week eighteen, where you'd have an extra week for teams to be able to play the games if necessary. It would have had a whole other bag of worms, uh, a lot more of the questions once if we, that would have been implemented. But somehow, some way, the NFL was able to avoid missing any games completely. They rescheduled games, but they they all got played. Every single game got played this year, which was pretty damn impressive considering what was going on. There were some shit shows, however, throughout the process. Um, fucking crazy. Let's see, what else happened that week? Oh, starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, Cam Newton, ended up testing positive for COVID-19, uh, as did a practice squad player on the Kansas City. Chiefs-Patriots game got pushed back. I think this one was played on a Monday or Tuesday. There was a couple double headers on Mondays. <laughs> it's weird, man, really weird. Uh, the Raiders had Darren Waller find along with some other teammates because they had like a charity event that he had for his organization, his charity organization. And they were seen like on a podium without masks on, talking to crowds and whatnot, which are violations to uh, uh, local indoor gathering um, protocol for the state of Nevada over in, Ve in the, I think the city of Vegas. I can't remember. I think it was in Henderson. So state, county, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see what else happened. Uh, Damon Arnett missed a bunch of time due to thumb injury. Raiders kind of suffered. Their DBs were not very good this year. Pass rush, also not very good this year. Both those two things very much related to each other. And I'm mad at both of them. Um, let's see. Bro, the Texans, they had a bad season too. Got off to an 0-4 start. Um... Eventually came their coach, but were in talks to maybe bring in Earl Thomas for a workout. Didn't end up signing him. Um, I guess the workout got canceled. It was weird. It was weird shit. Weird reports. There was weird stuff happening all year. Bill O'Brien was like GM slash coach and all that stuff. Let him go. And they let Romeo Cornell coach the team for the rest of the season. And it was still... 
They show a lot more heart with Cornell in there, but like by that point, it was you saw the writing on the wall. It was bad, man. Um, Chubb, Nick Chubb, I didn't miss time for the for the Browns. Let's see, uh, Eckler, Austin Eckler, missed time. Uh, oh yeah, there was a there was a fight that broke out between Austin uh, or Golden Tate, excuse me, and Jalen Ramsey. Austin, Austin Tate. Uh, they're throwing punches after the game. Apparently, Ramsey has two kids with Tate's sister, but left them all this summer. And I think he's with some other poochie mom. I don't know. <laughs> some other Instagram model or something like that, I think, is what it was. So, Golden Tate wasn't having that. So, they're throwing punches and shit. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Let's see. Mo Hurst of the Raiders got put on COVID. Cowboys, Tyron Smith out for the year due to neck surgery. Wish him the best of luck. That's a tough one. That fool, Tyron Smith, is a massive human being. Very good at his position. And Cowboys definitely suffered, man. Their run game was just went down, downhill. There was some other shit that happens, and we'll talk about it in two minutes. Let's see. Oh, so the Titans-Bills, that game, it got moved to Tuesday after the, the outbreak with the Vike, with the, the Titans, right? Um, so the Broncos-Patriots were then put as a part of the Monday Night Football doubleheader due to the virus concerns. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, he ended up testing positive prior to that game. And eventually, the Broncos-Patriots game got moved to week six after there were some more positive tests, which means that the Chargers-Denver game got moved to week eight, and Miami-Denver got we're going to play in week 11. So there was, like, trickle-down effects, man. Like, you move the schedule for one game, that affects the other teams that are supposed to play that week. They got to move people up and move people back, and yada, yada. You got to take the... By week out, move it around, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so that kind of happened. Week five, let's see. Dak. Oh, man. One of the worst ankle breaks you could see, man. Dak Prescott. Uh, wish him a speedy recovery. That was pretty bad. Considering the, everything he was playing for, he, at the time, so played four full games. I think it was over four and a half full games. His team was like the number one offense in the league. And they were just like gunslinging, going up and down the field. A lot of wide receiver talent. Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. Zeke out the backfield. Uh, Pollard is a backup. Not too bad either. Yeah, man. I mean, the defense was not very good either. They were up and moving back and forth. So he went down, Andy Dalton came in, he got a concussion, I want to say, the first game back, and then there was just a few weeks of just, not very good. Dalton came back and was able to be decent, adequate towards the end of the season. Did have some good moments, not quite enough for them to get to the playoffs though. So it's kind of the story of what happened. In my opinion, with the Cowboys this year. Sucks, man. Dak Prescott playing for that big money contract. and Man, his foot was looking the other direction. Oh, my God. If you want to see queasy things, go watch that. Because it's, ah, man. It's tough to, it's tough to see it. I see it in my head. It's just ingrained. And I just close my eyes right now. And I can see 
Dak waving to the sideline asking for them to get medical attention. Oh man, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. What else happened? Chandler Jones has seen the injury bicep injury, uh, bicep surgery due to the injury. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> By this point, Le'Veon Bell still on IR. Not happy with being on the Jets, the team that was pretty much tanking. Oh, kind of like the Jags, like I said. They, those two teams were, looked like they were very competitive towards uh, trying to figure out how the hell they're going to get uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, who's the, uh, for the most part, universally accepted uh, projected number one pick for next year's draft. Jags actually won week one. <laughs> so they were 1-0 and at one point. And never won again for the rest of the year. So, that's off to them, I guess. Jets went 13 great games in a row without a victory, though. So they were 0-13. So they were in the driver's seat the whole season. And then won two times. So, kind of wild. Uh, <laughs> uh, having to sit there and just through the misery and then Maybe having it be for nothing. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. Is Justin Fields going to be the number two pick? Do they stick with Sam Darnold now? Do they get a free agent? I don't know. <laughs> Who the hell knows, man? The Jets were not very good. All things uh, considered, they should have also beat the Raiders this year. <laughs> they pulled that game out of their ass, and they had no business of winning it. No business winning that game of how how bad they played. But yeah, at this point, I think this is week five. After week five, they're trying to trade uh, Le'Veon Bell, give him away. They don't find any suitors. They end up cutting him. He ends up signing with Kansas City. Pretty big upgrade. From the uh, outhouse to the penthouse, as they say, man. That shit is crazy. So... He ended up on a very good team. Didn't look like his normal, like, I guess, self from a few years ago, but it's still a productive player, no doubt. Um, he's in a backfield committee now with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie. So um, he's also on a team that is a majority um, throwing team with Patty Mahomes back there. And you got Mahomes, you got to let him work. So run game is just complimentary, so they're not really asking him for to do too much. He did have a couple bigger games. No, there was one game in the snow. I want to say they were playing Denver that he had a good performance, but um, yeah, we'll see. He might be an X-Factor for the playoffs. Who knows? Who knows, man? Not quite up to his lofty standards of where he was in Pittsburgh, but hey, man. Can't be too mad. Uh, let's see. Speaking of Denver, we had um what the fuck? Yeah, Melvin Gordon, right? Yeah, Melvin Gordon. That's right. That's his name. He got signed for DUI, driving 25 to 39 miles per hour over the speed limit. And had an arraignment two days before the Raiders game in Vegas. I believe he attended that. I'm not sure if he played that game. Whatever. Um, Falcons had to close their facility that week. Uh, they returned on Friday. And then... Eventually played the Vikings after one player and one personnel tested positive. Um, the Colts were preparing for the Bengals after they had four, four false positive tests that closed their facilities in early Friday. Um, 
Patriots cancel Friday's practice after more COVID issues. One player positive and waiting on another result. Jaguars had to work remotely after positive test for practice squad player on Saturday. Their game versus Lions are still scheduled and eventually happen there. So, yeah, that's what kind of happened. Uh, let's see. Taylor Luan got placed on IR. He tore his ACL week six. Eckert's out three or four weeks of ankle injury. Um, not that that fucking mattered, man. The e- Ertz, he looked like so, 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 so washed this year. <laughs> he was a shell of a shell of himself, of his former self, and what you kind of expect from from him at that tight end position. It was him and Wentz, man. They, the decline went fast. Ah, uh, best of luck for both those dudes, I guess. I don't know, man. Uh, let's see. Mostert got a high ankle sprain, placed on IR once again. Uh, the rookie, Damon Arnett, for the Raiders, he got placed on the COVID list after having already busted his wrist, I want to say, or his hand. He had a cast most of the season. Um,. Let's see. Oh, this was the week that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick got benched for Tua Tagovailoa, which a lot of people were kind of excited about to see um, how he would perform after that hip, that hip injury he suffered in college. Initially came back, looked okay, but looked very so-so as the season kind of pro- uh, progressed. Teams were able to kind of scout against him and know what to stop him. He he's a guy who likes to be mobile, but he's not the, the quickest guy or the biggest guy, and so he had a little bit of difficulty doing that. They uh, were conservative at times with the play calling, and I think he did a um, as a lot of rookies do. But he was uh, very much targeting certain receivers, certain route options that are a little bit safer, I'd say, or maybe the coaches were telling him to go there with his progressions. But that's kind of what I noticed when I watched the Dolphins. There was a couple times this season they brought in Fitzpatrick at the end of games, and he would bring them on rallies. So did they make the wrong decision ultimately? I don't know. Um, the team did miss the playoffs, albeit they did win 10 games. So they did have you know, a pretty decent season. This was uh, the one year where seven teams made the playoffs on both sides of the conference with only one team getting a bye. And uh, they still weren't able to make it. It was a tough one on the AFC side, though. It was it was a kind of a gauntlet, man. I'm not gonna lie. There was a lot of good teams this year that played. Um, let's see. That week, the Mariota got promoted, uh, activated. David Irving, former lineman there with the Cowboys, also got signed. So I think I had David Ernie and Malik Collins back on the same team. I don't even know if they played the, like on the field at the same time this year. Raiders were searching for people, man. They were just like taking flyers on people. This week, though, was fucking wild. Uh, going into week seven, there was a point in time where the Raiders didn't have any of their offensive linemen practicing throughout the week. 
their starters. That was nerve-wracking because Trent Brown guy was on the COVID list. I think he uh, got it. And he was hanging around a bunch of other people. So mostly the offensive linemen, they all had to sit out. Eventually, four of the five came back and were able to play. So I was at least looking up because it was Colt Miller, Gabe Jackson, uh, Rodney Hudson, and I want to say Denzel Good. There's maybe like one or two others. <laughs> Freaking crazy. Crazy. So they were able to come back. Um, because of that situation, though, the Raiders, they had their game changed. They were initially scheduled to play the Tampa Bay Bucks on Sunday Night Football. Well, due to the COVID outbreak, that they had amongst the team or the scare that they had. The NFL decided, hey, why don't we actually make you guys play at a sooner time instead of doing what every other team uh, with COVID issues um, and uh, like dealing with them or how they dealt with them. You know, yeah, my brain is just scrambled right now. NFL, in every other circumstance up until that point and after that point, either kept the game on as it's scheduled as it was scheduled or they moved the game back in some regard what the fuck <laughs> really though <laughs> Raiders were the only game that got moved up I alright sorry about that um Kind of got a little side check because the memory ran out on my recorder. All right, let's get back into it. Um, not sure what you last heard, but this season, it's just been a season from hell in terms of just uh, late notices about players being in and out of the lineup and all this stuff, all these damn positives and yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. I think the last thing you heard me was me bitching about the Raiders being moved off of Sunday Night Football. Um, Seahawks Cardinals, that was... A Probably one of the best games of the season. Cardinals were a few of those, man. Um, they had a couple good ones. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> like I said, okay. So, Emmanuel Sanders, he tested positive on a Friday for that week. Didn't face the Panthers. Uh, Dawson Knox of the Bills also tested positive. Two other tight ends were out versus the Jets due to close contact, which did not matter because they are playing the Jets. Uh, Dwayne Cassins had a uh, uh, got fined for um, having a rule violation for COVID nineteen. He had apparently reserved a room for a family friend at the team's hotel uh, in New York City when they're playing the Giants. So, yeah, uh-huh. I think he had already been benched by this point, and so the situation was Dwayne Haskins started the year did suspect they were not very good. Let's say Kyle Allen comes in, gets concussed. Alex Smith, who is two years removed from having one of the most gruesome leg injuries of all time. I want to say he had like 17 surgeries uh, just to get back and healthy. He was put in as a starting or as the backup quarterback at that point against the LA Rams, which was pretty bananas. Aaron Donald came, jumped on his back, and sacked him. 
and everybody lost, uh, held their breath for a moment. He ended up being fine, finished the rest of the game, and when he's been in there healthy, the team has done pretty well. I think they're 5-1 and one with him as a starter. It's, you know, you can't blame him. He's had a, he had a calf injury, like, on that same leg. It's like rebuilt leg. It's like a bionic leg by this point. Freaking wild. Crazy story. Obviously, Ron Rivera going through cancer treatment uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, hats off to him. Hats off to Alex Smith, man. Regardless of what he accomplished uh, numerically on the field, the fact that he was just able to persevere and get back on the field to even just uh, to compete like at all is pretty remarkable. Considering the fact that there was a chance that his leg was possibly going to be amputated just because of the fact that uh, his uh, the condition, the infection that he had was bad and was possibly going to spread to other parts of his body. So it's a freaking miracle the fact that he he made it through so hats off to him man um bad news though on the COVID front right call armstead of the jaguars he was placed on the COVID list like a week prior to the season it starting it took all the way to week six for the team to just rule him out for the season because he had some bad complications hospitalized twice with significant respiratory issues so that's the reason I've been trying to dodge this shit like crazy because I have asthma and I do not at all need any of that um, bad health in my life. So, um, thoughts and prayers for Right Quell. Uh, let's see, the Titans got fined 350K for COVID violations that led to that outbreak with the team. Raiders could lose draft picks. Seahawks amongst. Oh, yeah, and then Antonio Brown. At this point, had served a six-game suspension for the year. Uh, this dude ended up signing up with the Buccaneers, creating the goddamn Madden team. Tom Brady, a quarterback. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller at wideout. And Gronkowski at tight end. Your running backs are Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. That's pretty damn good. Good talent there. Um, Ryan Jensen's not a bad uh, center as well. So, not a pretty bad offense, in my opinion. They played pretty well. They made the playoffs. <laughs> so, and there was a couple bumpy stretches, though. But they did their thing. Let's see. So, yeah. Vikings Neil Hunter eventually went season-ending surgery on his herniated disc. His neck. That doesn't sound fun at all. Mm. Yeah, so this was a trade deadline, I want to say, for the league. Uh, Ravens were that team that eventually got Yannick Ngakwe from the Vikings. They got him for a 21 third-rounder, a 22nd fifth-rounder. Uh, Vikings actually gave up a 21 second rounder and a 22nd fifth rounder from Jacksonville to get him. So ultimately, they got six games out of him, 
and eventually turned a second and, and a fifth rounder into a third and a fifth rounder. So, mm, yeah, I mean, I give them props for trying. At least, at least they recognized what was happening and they were able to cut bait. Because uh, some teams, they make a mistake and they just like sit in it and they don't minimize the mistake. So, Ups you can be upset as a Vikings fan that it didn't work out initially. But in the end, you got to just resign yourself to just be like, all right, just got to fold them sometimes. So, it's kind of what they did instead of going and losing more from your stack. So, that was kind of the idea. But yeah, Ravens, another playoff team. They made it this year. Uh, but yeah, they got uh, a little bit better on the defensive line. They also added Des Bryant to the team. Uh, they added him to the practice squad initially on October the 27th. A couple weeks later, they were able to bump him up. Made him active. Uh, moving into week seven. Another star player, Odell Beckham Jr., out for the season, tearing his ACL. That's uh, a tough loss there. Although Cleveland, after losing him, the numbers, like especially for Baker Mayfield, tend to improve. Maybe he was force-feeding the ball to him. The, maybe that dynamics is not necessarily there. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just don't know how to utilize him correctly. Not really sure. It's been a little bit of a difficult time there for Odell Beckham to kind of get replicate that level of success he had with the Giants early on. Will he ever get there again? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. More trades happening. Cowboys trading Everson Griffin to the Lions for a conditional six-round pick. This was a whole lot of really about nothing. Cowboys were just, they had a lot of pickups that did not work out, and they just got rid of them. Um, he was him being one of them. Uh, Bengals end up trading Carlos Dunlap to Seahawks for a seventh-round pick and outside linebacker B.J. Finney. So Carlos Dunlap, a guy who's been a, a part of that Cincinnati team and franchise for a good amount of time, it was bad news bears right at the end of it. They were like, putting him deep on the depth chart, not even playing him snaps and whatnot. And Brady was kind of on the wall at the end of it there. I think he had also, like, kind of bitched about it, like, um, social media, which I get. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's kind of a weird way to, to end things at uh, Cincinnati. But good for him. Another trend. Goes to Seattle. Playoff team. So, there you go. Uh, let's see. Man, it was reported that the Jets were possibly going to trade Quinn and Williams, their former number three pick overall. Dude ended up having a pretty damn good season if you look at his stats, too. I'm just reading the fucking headlines that I got here from the past. Some of this shit looks just so fucking weird. Like, some of it's like, yeah, why does that matter? It's not, didn't end up being big of a deal. But at the time, you're like, oh, shit. And then there's some other stuff where you're just like, eh, I guess that kind of makes sense at the time. And then, like, in retrospect, you're like, oh, fuck. That, <laughs> that uh, could have been bigger news than it actually was. 
Yeah. Speaking of big news, this was the week that Ron Rivera finally completed his cancer treatment. And he got to ring that bell. Well, that was fucking amazing. He was able to beat cancer, was uh, healthy for the remainder of the season. And pretty much as like kind of he was able to beat it, the team was able to improve a bit. I don't know if there's a correlation with that. If it was just the fact that Dwayne Haskins was a bad quarterback and they felt obligated to play him. And it's just a mediocre guy like Alex Smith at this point in his career, coming off those injuries, could actually make the team productive. Is it a mitigate? Is it like a combination of all those things? More than likely, but who knows? Who's to say? Best thing, Ron Rivera completely healthy. So we we wish him nothing but the best. Uh, second Latino head coach ever to take a team to the Super Bowl. After my boy, Tom Flores. Yeah. Moving on. There was a bunch of crazy wildfires here in California. Uh, Justin Herbert and some of the Chargers had to evacuate their homes. Ended up being okay. Um, <laughs> funny enough, they were had to work for, uh, virtually because they had a... Not really funny, but oddly enough. Somebody got COVID on the team. On 10:29, let's see. Giants facility remained open after Will Hernandez, the guard for the team, he tested positive the day before on the 28th. Texans also closer to the facility because of that, uh, even though they were on bye week. Let's see. Uh, Julian Edelman was placed on IR, never came back for the team. Week seven. Now we're to week eight. Uh, oh yeah, there was a Saints Bears game. This guy. I think Barry Wims is his name. Got suspended a couple games for throwing a punch. Straight up punching a guy in the face with a helmet on. Did it twice. Clocked him twice. Got kicked out of the game. Uh, yeah. Uh, big loss for the Ravens. Ronnie Stanley. He had an ankle injury. Lost for the season. Um, so they had to rejigger rearrange that uh offensive line. Uh Niners man, Garoppolo and Kittle. They had a foot and ankle injuries respectively. Or excuse me. Ankle and foot injuries, so ankle for Garoppolo, foot for Kittle. They both missed most of the season, man. Niners are just they didn't have a chance from the start. It looked kind of somewhat promising towards the middle of the season, even with all the backups both sides of the ball. Running back depth was super short. Wide receivers were in and out of the lineup with COVID slash injuries. It's tough for them, I'm not gonna lie. Another pregame mishap. <laughs> this one for the Raiders, man. Uh, Trent Brown got hospitalized after there was an issue with an IV that happened with him. And eventually, he was able to recover, come back later in the season. But he was on a COVID list. Then this issue happened, preventing him from playing. And then I think he got on the COVID list again for a second time. So it's tough. Tough, tough, tough. Uh, let's see. Uh Yeah. Um, Marlon Hay Marlon, what? Marlon Humphrey <laughs> for the Ravens. He, he tested positive and 
November, November 1st. Uh, Matthew Judon, Patrick Queen, they also tested positive. They were amongst seven Ravens who were isolating. Excuse me, not they didn't test positive, but they were isolating after Humphreys' uh, positive tests. Uh, let's see, the Packers had A.J. Dillon, who reported positive. One of their running backs on the 1st of November. Aaron Williams was deemed a high-risk contact of him. He was out for that Thursday night football game that week. Niners shut down their facility after Kendrick Bourne tested positive. Also, Brandon Ayuk and Debo, uh, Debo Samuel. Trent Williams also placed on the COVID list in close contacts. I think most of them came back. Some of them, I think, had to miss that game. Uh, Andy Dalton landed on the COVID list at one point. Um, it was tough. It was Garrett Gilbert, I want to say, throwing passes out there. And they took a loss to the Steelers. Matthew Stafford got on the reserve COVID list. Um <laughs> He got to, he got he got placed on the list middle of the week, fourth uh, of November, which if I look back on my calendar, it was a Wednesday, four days. It was one, two, three, four. Yep, four day quarantine. He was able to get back. He did not practice with the team. Did not set foot in the facility. I think he took a own private flight <laughs> to the game, and limited his contact as much as possible to everybody else but went out there slinging the ball and i want to say he got a victory that week it was some fucking crazy circumstances for him let's see chicago burst they closed their facility 11-5 after nova office alignment reportedly tested positive cody whitehair jason springs jermaine infinity texans closed it jacob martin tested positive Chiefs, Chris Jones tested positive. Uh, like I said, Trent Brown returned to the list there on the 5th of November. He had complications from the virus. Uh, Cleveland Browns had to hold remote practices because and meetings because they had some players that had some symptoms. Arizona Cardinals had two tests that returned uh, positive on their bye week. Broncos had to cancel practice on the 4th of November after... Uh, an infection. Um, John Elway, the GM, and the CEO, Joe Ellis, both tested positive for the Broncos. So they had two players, three assistant coaches, and two team executives, plus multiple staffers. This was early November, man. So this is like two months ago, man. <laughs> so like I said, as the weather got colder, the cases went up. It was kind of, kind of common sense, but also very troublesome and worrying as it was happening it's still an incredible feat the fact they didn't miss any of these games man i'm going over these headlines and i'm not necessarily talking about the football that has actually played because i it these games have they have all blurred in my head so we're just gonna have to get to the end and then i'm gonna just gonna do my general fucking thoughts in retrospect because that's how I organize this motherfucking podcast is. God damn it. I also want to do my picks before tomorrow. And small three games. Just three games tomorrow, Saturday. Three more games Sunday. I ain't going to be doing very much besides that, to be quite frank. Quite honest. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, all right. Let's keep it moving. We're talking about the Raiders having the issues with the fines. Um, 
they kept fucking up with this COVID protocols. So much so that the league was like, you know what, we're just going to remove a, a draft pick from you. So they took him a six-round uh, draft pick away from him. And they also fined uh, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers for their violations. So, yeah, that should happen. Uh, a couple more trades to report on. Tennessee Titans got Desmond King, defensive back from the Chargers for a six-rounder. Titans eventually cuts um, Vic Beasley after five games uh, with the team. He was very underproductive, uh, all things considered. Uh, everybody wants to compare him to that one season. He did really well, got double-digit sacks in Atlanta. Hasn't been able to replicate it. I want to say that's like three or four years ago now at this point. So Beasley was on the move. Um, Titans were a team that could use his help. They were uh, not as good on defense as they were in past seasons. But, hey, man, Tennessee, they were like, see you, bro. <laughs> uh, let's see. Quan Alexander got traded to the Saints for a conditional fifth and Kiko Alonso from the 49ers. So Kiko Alonso, I think, at this point, has to have the record for most times being traded in his career. Uh, he has bounced around all over the place. Miami, Philly, New Orleans, now San Francisco. I think he was in Buffalo, too. I feel like he's been traded from every single one of those teams. And guys do not get traded that often in the NFL as much as they do in other sports. So, Kind of rare, I guess. I don't know. Kind of wild. Let's see. Uh, off the field news, Pete Carroll got signed to a multi-year extension. That dude might be coaching football until that dude's in a casket, man. Just still be chomping, uh, chewing that bubble gum on the sideline. Um, <laughs> man. Oldest coach in the NFL, and he's still ticking. He doesn't look like he's, quite frankly, missed too much. Too many beats, man. He's still doing it. On to week nine. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? Um, at this point of the season, Chargers had their sixth nail-biter loss uh, of the year out of nine games total against the Raiders. The Raiders somehow survived a couple goal-line chances to go ahead. A couple goal-line fade tosses went incomplete in the second one, the last one was nerve-wracking because a couple of the replay angles looked like it was it should have been a touchdown. And then finally they, they show the replay angle that shows the guy not possessing the ball all the way through and it like kind of goes in between his arms and touches the turf, bounce backs into his stomach so you can't really see it from his back was kind of covering it. They got the angle right and they got the call right. The Raiders won the game by like a yard. Bro, shit was nerve-wracking. Let's see. Bro, we're still at week nine. We have any more weeks to go. What is it? <laughs> um, Chris Barnes of the Packers, linebacker, test positive after playing against the Niners. Baker Mayfield got placed on the COVID list during the bye week um, just because he was in contact with a staffer who got positive test. Uh, well, he was eventually activated um, on... The 11th of November. 
Ben Roethlisberger and three others got placed on the COVID list due to contact after their tight end Vance McDonald. Um, uh, let's see. He didn't miss any time, though. Came off the list and played against the Bengals. Let's see. Kyle Van Noy and two other Dolphin players were on the list on 11-12. Corey Littleton also added to the COVID list that day. Uh, in the opposite news, Kendrick Bourne came off the list and was activated against the Saints. Josh Norman tested positive for the Bills. He had three close contacts also uh, who were out versus the Cardinals. The Browns reactivated Nick Chubb ahead of the game versus the Texans, so it took him about, yeah, like six weeks to get healthy and up and moving. And he's a pretty damn good running back when healthy, man. They got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there running the ball. It didn't almost didn't even matter that Odell Beckham was gone for the season because those boys were playing. Could they have done better with Odell? Possibly. Who's to say? Who's to say? Uh, let's see. <laughs> David Johnson, he got placed on injured reserve. Mm, don't think he outperformed DeAndre Hopkins this year. Sorry, Houston Texans fans. That's a rough one to swallow. Yikes. Um, <laughs> he only had like... He had under 650 rushing yards for the season. Mm. Not that good, man. I think Hopkins was like double that in receiving yards, if I'm not mistaken. All right. To the Raiders, they activated Damon Arnett off the injury reserve. I don't even know why. Why am I doing this, man? I ask myself this question so often. I'm going to have a couple bad episodes like this before we reconvene and get to that number uh, 100, that coveted episode. We can get this goddamn video up and running. We can get some guests on here. We can do this shit all the way official. Just because there's been so much time off, man. So, I don't know why I'm telling you guys this. Why? Does it matter? <laughs> it's just me fucking loopy just talking about shit that happened two months ago, man. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Saints, the week before, they had a locker room celebration. Jameis Winston, everybody dancing and stuff like that. A bunch of guys didn't have masks on, and I think they got some discipline because of it. During the same time, Packers legend Paul Horning passed away at the age of 84. RP to him. Uh, legendary running back there. Tailback, I guess. I don't know. Positioning was weird back then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Week 10. Man, I can't believe we're just at week 10. DeAndre Hopkins had one of the craziest Hail Mary catches you'll ever see. That game was wild. Bills thought they had a win. Stephon Diggs. Nice catch from Josh Allen. Under a minute left. Cardinals get in Hail Mary territory. Kyler Murray in the shotgun. Takes a snap. Feels the pressure. 
gives the lineman a hesitation move. Rolls all the way to his left. Other defenders are chasing him down and out of bounds. He swivels his hips all the way around right before he steps out of bounds. Chucks the ball deep into the air. DeAndre Hopkins is like directly ahead of him, about 50 yards. He out jumps like three defenders, gets his hands on the ball, pulls it down, gets the victory in the most unreal fashion. I don't know how the Cardinals missed the playoffs at that point. Man, they were like on fire. There's a couple teams that just didn't finish the season strong. My Raiders are one of them, man. I'm just going to belabor these points home. Fucking suck when it happens. Let's see. By this point, the Colts were actually catching their stride. Phillip Rivers was uh, was able to overtake Dan Marino for fifth in all-time passing yards. Pretty wild. Old man Rivers out there slinging it. Uh, oh, yeah, Drew Brees got injured uh, severely against the San Francisco 49ers this week. Yeah. A collapsed lung, I believe 11 rib fractures, and eventually did return in time for the playoffs. It not looking 100%, but also give the Saints credit, man. They were able to get it done with the backup quarterback in. So when Breeze got hurt and he left the game initially, they brought in Jameis Winston. The next game, however, they decided to go with Taysom Hill. Over uh, Jameis versus the Falcons, and so they had to completely alter their attack and how they played. They used a lot more run pass option RPOs, a uh, lot more um, calls for like you know mobile quarterbacks, bootleg scrambles outside the pocket, quarterback draws. Things of that nature. They're able to use his physicality and his run presence. Um, it took him a while to kind of get used to um, throwing the ball consistently against like NFL coverages. Uh, eventually, they were able to scheme some stuff open. He was able to find guys like Manny Sanders. I think Michael Thomas a couple of times when he was coming in and out of the lineup uh, for the season. He was able to get it done for those few weeks, though, man. I think, I think they went like... Three and one or something during that time period, something like that. Any hoot, any I'm gonna go crazy with this shit. Ah. All right, Browns close their facility this week again. <laughs> How many times do they do that? Yeah, it's a positive test on November the sixteenth. Uh, Miles Garrett was on the list after he tested positive. The Eric Fisher for the Chiefs, Mitchell Schwartz also were on the COVID list. Uh, but they got removed a couple of days later. Good for them. Cleland Farrell, uh, Cleland Farrell as well as LaMarcus Joyner were added on the list for the Raiders on 11 17. Uh, the next day, Jonathan Abrams, Malik Collins, Jonathan Hankins, Isaiah Johnson, Arden Key, and Kendall Vickers all joined on that list. Uh, this week was happy to be the week the Raiders were preparing for the Kansas City Chiefs of all teams. And after having beaten them earlier in the season, it was a very pivotal matchup. And like two thirds, three quarters of the starting defense was gone for most of the week. So, all things considered, 
Um, they didn't perform all that bad. Still had to take a loss, which ultimately is what matters. So that kind of sucked. Um, by that point, everybody was ordered into intensive protocols uh, starting 11-21. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, the Raiders, they had a close shootout versus Kansas City. Every time the Raiders had the ball, you think there was a chance that they could win. Every time Kansas City had the ball, you thought there was no chance to stop in Mahomes. And there wasn't. And there wasn't, man. Yes, a lot of defensive improvements are needed for the Vegas Raiders. No doubt, man, because if they bring back what they did this last year, mm, it's going to be a lot more misery, man. A lot more fantasy points, but a lot more misery. Anxiety. Stress. Ugh. Ugh. All right, but this week, Joe Burrow, number one overall draft pick, champion from the LSU Tigers in college, towards ACL. Devastating knee injury against Washington. It was pretty nasty looking. I read a report recently that says he thinks he can get ready for the beginning of next year. That'd be, I'd say, kind of optimistic, but pretty hopeful. It looked a lot worse than a normal knee uh, ACL injury. It looked pretty bad. Whew. This was the game from hell. <laughs> this is the one, the scheduling nightmare. There was a Thursday night football game that was originally scheduled. Supposed to be the Steelers taking on um, the Ravens. Thanksgiving. Big, big matchup. Big, big spot in the calendar, right? Well, there was a COVID breakout amongst the Ravens. That took a lot of guys out. So this is kind of the uh, timeline of what happened, right? Uh, so first off, it was J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, two of the running backs. They were ruled out. Then seven players tested positive. Defensive end, Pernell McPhee, Calais Campbell. Quarterback Trace McSorley, center Matt Skura, and offensive lineman Patrick McCarry all had COVID. So they moved the game back to a Sunday, from a Thursday to a Sunday game, okay? All right. In addition to those players, the strength and conditioning coach didn't report symptoms or wear a mask or a tracking device consistently. And that is what may have led to the rash of positive cases and the guy was disciplined apparently I don't know what or how uh, Lamar Jackson tested positive on November the 26th um, <laughs> on the other side of the ball Steelers had uh, Jonathan Tuitt and two others placed on the list on the 27th the COVID issues got worse for the Steelers as James Conner and another coach tested positive a day later, which forced the Ravens and Steelers to move their game all the way to a Tuesday 
giving us the first ever Tuesday afternoon football of all time. <laughs> it's probably the last one that'll ever happen. It was weird that they kept it in the middle of the day too, same time slot. Uh, so yeah, Ravens game versus the Cowboys in Week 13. The following week got moved to a Monday to kind of give them more time. So yeah, that was the Monday doubleheader game that that we ended up getting with. Uh, let's see. So yeah, <laughs> Mark Andrews and uh, Matthew Judon, they tested positive two days before the game on the Sunday, the, the 29th. Didn't matter. Game was still going on. Uh, actually, scratch that. They moved it from the Tuesday to the Wednesday, uh, <laughs> which made Dobbins and Ingram eligible, but they didn't end up playing anyway. So they had to go in with RG3 as a backup. He, I want to say, got injured. <laughs> they had to ring in the third string. I think McSorley, Chase McSorley, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. <laughs> they had two more positive tests the day before the game. Game wasn't in jeopardy, though. And they had to 20 total positives at the peak for Baltimore, which is fucking crazy. So, yeah, these teams were really, really deep in the shit, man. Going through it, man. Let's see. Broncos lose all three quarterbacks to contact tracing for the game against the Saints after uh, Blake Bortles, I think, got positive. It was like their third or fourth string guy. It was like all the quarterbacks weren't wearing masks, and so all of them were ruled ineligible. They had to start this guy, Kendall Hinton, who was a quarterback at Vandy, I want to say. Eventually moved to wide receiver. Hadn't taken quarterback snaps in like two or three years. And they put him in there as an emergency. And he completed more passes to the Saints than he did to his team, the Broncos. And one completion and two interceptions. So it was a shit show. Saints didn't play all that much better themselves, although they had Taysom Hill, situation a little different, yada, yada. We're preparing for <sighs> that kind of offense to happen. There's a lot of uh, wildcat formation and shit like that, but it was a shit show, man. This season was just a wild, wild season. Larry Fitzgerald had a positive test for COVID, uh, didn't play against the Patriots, ending his long streak of consecutive games played I think will stretch back to his rookie season of some insane number um, yeah questions as to whether this was going to be his last year um, not the best to kind of go up in that fashion he did come back and play a few more games before the end of the season but still let's see uh, DeForest Buckner was on the COVID list 11-25 Adam uh, Adam Thielen on the Vikings, eleven twenty three was placed on the list. Uh, Teron Armstead for the Saints didn't play against the Broncos. He tested on eleven twenty eight. Uh, Jonathan Taylor missed the, the game against the Vikings because he was on the COVID list. Eddie Jackson for the Bears got on the COVID list. Tommy Sweeney, who was diagnosed with a heart condition linked to COVID nineteen, ended up being declared that he was going to be out for the rest of the season. Let's see. As we mentioned before, the Saints uh, did get fined. Uh, Patriots also, too, uh, for their COVID breaches. Uh, 500K 
and a seventh rounder for New Orleans, 350k for New for New England. I think it's because the Saints were repeat offenders by that point. I'm pretty sure that's what it means. Uh, let's see. Um, coming off the COVID list, Corey Littleton and, and Cleveland Fells for the Raiders. Uh, Vic Beasley got added to the Raiders practice squad. They also claimed uh, Tech McKinley. This was done on 11-24. McKinley got placed on IR three days later. He failed a physical. He, he was like asking to get out of Atlanta. He got cut. I think somebody else tried to pick him up and he failed a physical. The Raiders were just kind of like, wow, screw it. We'll take you or whatever. Um, Richie Incognito busted his foot up earlier in the season. Never was able to come back. Had to get season-ending foot surgery on 11-23. Let's see. Uh, Rex Burkhead, he confirmed he was missing the season with, due to a knee injury. But Dupree out for the season for the Steelers with the torn ACL that week also. Uh, I think we had our first firing of this, our second firing of the season at this point, week 12. Uh, Matt Patricia got fired for the Lions. Bob Quinn also let go after a blowout loss versus the Texans on Thanksgiving, which was kind of crazy considering the Texans are the team who was the first one to get rid of their coach earlier in the year. But Matt Patricia, the one with the pencil in his ear, he left with a record of 13-29-1 over two-plus seasons. Not the greatest, in my opinion. Let's see, the Jaguars fired their GM, Dave Caldwell, after they got off to a 1-10 start. They had a 37-86 and 86 record since 2013. Mm, seven seasons, mm, not that great either. Let's see, Julian Edelman placed on the COVID list, 11-30. Um, coming off the COVID list, Adam Thielen on December the 12th. Uh, Miles Garrett for the Browns. He was removed off the list on December the 1st. Um, DeForest Buckner, December the 4th. He was taken off too. Uh, all the Broncos quarterbacks, they got fined for violating COVID protocols the week before. Um, and then crazy shit was happening. So as like we're getting into December, Santa Clara County decided they were going to ban all sporting events. I think San Francisco County are... Couple of the counties in the Bay Area, Santa Clara, um, for sure, definitely they they banned all sports, professional, amateur, otherwise, and banned large gathering of events, and they gave no exception to the Niners. So, as a result, the Niners were uh, forced with basically playing the rest of the season on the road. They technically had a home place. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they actually figured uh, figured this out in the schedule so that uh, they weren't playing at the same time. So the Cardinals shared their home stadium with the Niners for, to finish the season. They did play each other one time there in Arizona as the Cardinals were the home team. So that was going to happen regardless. But, yeah, so the Niners had to live out of a hotel. They had a... a practice field and everything that was like kind of self-contained had to be away from the family um which was weird because the infection rates that were going on in arizona which is a uh area like in the phoenix area that um they had worse infection rates than the rates that were happening in, in santa clara county but hey man 
the NFL was just not screwing around. They had this, this, you know, backup plan kind of, I guess, uh, in their back pocket. So, so yeah, they uh, all the ban on contact sports never got lifted, so they had to stay there. They had to stick it out over there in uh, the rest of the season, which is uh, kind of crazy, man. Kind of crazy. Uh, big news for the Texans. Their main deep threat, Will Fuller, guy who went off on that uh, Thanksgiving game, led to Matt Patricia's firing. He got banned six games for using a banned substance. Um, who's this guy? Uh, yeah, their quarterback, Bradley Robert, also got suspended as well. Uh, it was a performance-enhancing drug uh, policy. Not very good. I think for Fuller, that's the second time he's got popped for that shit. So, not very good. I think he's going to miss. Yeah, so he missed the rest of this season. But I want to say if he gets it again, he's going to miss a full year. And I think if he gets a third, no. I forget how they escalate. I know at a certain point you do get banned from the league. Need to be reinstated, so that's tough, man. Speaking of reinstated, though, Josh Gordon, he was back for the Seahawks by this point. Didn't do too much, been kind of a depth piece the rest of the season. David Moore has done a very good job as a number three wide out there for Seattle. He's come up with some big plays, generally pretty reliable as well. Lockett and DK, you know what they do. Talented dudes do it in different ways, but they both put up uh, put up numbers, man. Yeah, there were some teams hurt in this season. The Eagles being one of them. Finally, Vince Carson Wentz go for Jalen Hurts, but even though he provides some sparks here and there, they still lose out to the Packers. This is a win that the Raiders should not have won. They get that uh, last second deep throw to Ruggs from Carr. And Jets ended up taking the L. Conspiracy theories are going everywhere. They sent an all-out blitz with uh, under 10 seconds left, uh, which led to their defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, getting fired. They said, toodaloo, motherfucker. Uh, He brought the house. um, For the most part, all the game, uh, they weren't able to beat it. However, this last play, they block it up. Carr steps in the pocket. He chucks it deep, and it's like a 60-yard touchdown to win it is. It was crazy. It was crazy. Couldn't believe it happens in the moment. I honestly couldn't believe it. Hmm. Um, crazy story. By this point in the season, the Steelers were trying to get undefeated. They were like 13-0. Well, they take an L. I think they were 12 and 12 and 13 and 0, something. Um, no, 12 and 0. They took an L though. The Washington football team able to beat them. Bro, Washington, their front line, legit. Legit as fuck. They're so good. So fucking good. They're going to be a problem for years to come because they're all really young. They're all like top draft picks over the last couple of seasons. So, let's see. Um, Des Bryant tested positive right before kickoff versus his uh, former team, the Dallas Cowboys. I think that was a Sunday night matchup. 
and uh, that was unfortunate, and weren't able to play that. Uh, he was, I think it was Monday night actually. But he was literally in, in warm ups, and had the headphones on and everything when they told him like, not not gonna be able to play. So it sucks for him. Let's see. Um, yeah, Raiders had a bad loss to the Colts that week. They ended up firing their defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther, after that uh, performance. They promoted Rod Marinelli to take over for the rest of the season. Apparently, Wade Phillips was interested in the job or is interested in the job. I don't know. He's pretty up there in age now. It's like some of these defensive coordinators are just like, Super old. It's like the offensive coordinators are the young whiz kids and the whippersnappers and all that shit. Um, it was bad, though. So the Raiders, they, they fired their defensive coordinator on a Monday. They have a game on Thursday. <laughs> that was the point of charges the following week. And not much changed. I don't think you could expect too much to change in that period of time, but it still wasn't good, man. That back end of the defense was just getting burnt no pressure on the quarterbacks man no pressure so by this point Alex Smith was in the game he was you know rolling but uh, he ended up re-injuring himself Haskins had to be back in uh, put back in ended up leading the team to a win over the Niners though I don't know if 100% it was on him or if it was just the rest of his teammates kind of stepping up. But, yeah, you get the gist. Um, let's see. Jason Garrett tested positive for COVID December 17th. Uh, James Bradbury out versus the Browns after he was on the COVID list. Uh, for the Thursday night football game, they had four defenders who were out. Jonathan Abram, Damon Arnett, Nicholas Morrow, linebacker, defensive end, Cleveland Farrell. Um... Let's see, Ruggs placed on the COVID list on 12-15. And so uh, uh, Greg Wilson, Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, he was not able to participate in that game either. Let's see. All right, I have that note in there twice. Okay. Um, let's see. Matt Stafford played through torn rib cartilage versus the Titans. Ew, that's crazy. Frank Ragnow for the Lions played through a fractured throat versus the Pack Packers. Did it miss a play? That is insane. <laughs> a fractured throat. That is the most the brutal the sound of like some of these injuries. How brutal that just oh. I don't even know if you know you could fracture your throat. Dude couldn't breathe properly and he couldn't talk or communicate. He told him he hurt himself. The week before, ah, damn, that sucks. That sucks. That sucks. That sucks. Um, this was the week Michael Thomas got called out for the rest of the season. His whole saga back and forth with that ankle sprain, it was frustrating. Uh, let's see. Haskins had to start against the Seahawks. Smith was ruled out. Uh, Julio Jones missed his fifth game due to a hamstring injury. Jameis Winston placed on the COVID list, which made Taysom Hill the only backup quarterback for the Saints versus the Chiefs. In week 14, with Drew Brees coming back, I want to say that week, 
That game ended up being somewhat competitive, but Chiefs are just on another level this year, man. Wow. Um, so, yeah, leading to that Thursday night game with the Raiders, they blew their chance at the playoffs. Um, Carr, he scrambled to the right early in the game, messed up his groin, looked pretty bad. Apparently, it wasn't that bad, I guess, but wasn't able to come back in the game. Mariota played most of the game. And Raiders defense just couldn't stop Herbert at all. Not even a chance. Every time it was like passing situations, this fool was just pick him apart. Just like easy peasy. So fucking frustrated, man. This Raiders defense, man. Ugh. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Ugh. So frustrating, man. Mmm. I got a couple more wins to make the playoffs. I always say that, but it's, mm. it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, at this point, we started to get some playoff teams. Bills, one of the first teams to clinch the AFC. They clinched their first AFC's title in 25 years, so congrats to them. 1995, last time they did it, man. It's been a while. Seahawks clinched playoff berth. Uh, Patriots got eliminated for the first time since 2008. That was kind of wild. Uh, let's see. Falcons were blow, blew another game to uh, to Brady. They were up 17 nothing at halftime, and they lost 31-27 to the Buccaneers. That third quarter was pretty crazy. Tampa just was just on fire. On fire. Everybody clicking. Let's see. Steelers ended up dropping their third game in a row to the Bengals on Monday Night Football, which was pretty surprising. Uh, yeah, because they watched, they lost to Washington, then to the Bills, and then to the Bungles. So, for a team that was undefeated 12-0, they went to 12-3. and And then at that point, it was like, they lose a couple more games. There's a chance that the Cleveland Browns could beat them for the division. Like, that's how... Crazy things flipped in a couple weeks there for for Pittsburgh, man. Let's see. Um, Del Bevel didn't coach against the Buccaneers for the Lions due to virus protocol. Was in close contact with somebody who did test positive. Uh, Dwayne Haskins got his captaincy removed uh, by the coaching staff there in Washington after he was spotted. At a strip club without a mask on, indoors. Uh, <laughs> he was still scheduled to start because, like I mentioned, Kyle Allen was out for the year. I think he tore his ACL or broke his ankle. He had some issue, some leg issue that was going to take him out for a while. So it was Haskins or it was nobody he looked like for Washington. They did sign this Heineke kid like in December as like an emergency quarterback. And yeah, <laughs> I guess he knows the playbook now because he's now probably, there's a good chance that he might play this weekend in place for Alex Smith because Alex Smith's calf is not healthy apparently. It is did not recover like they thought it would, so bad news 
I uh, did play a little bit uh, this season, but not a lot, not a lot. Um, so yeah, I was, <laughs> I was gonna say the first sign of bad things to come for Haskins, but no, there's there's bad shit that happened earlier, man. Let's see. Uh, Hunter Henry for the Chargers. He was on the COVID list. Uh, Keenan Allen was a game time decision. I think he ultimately played, but didn't play very well. Didn't do very much. Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins, and Donovan People Jones were out versus the Jets. They were close contacts. Uh, George Kittle went back into the lineup after six game accidents. A week 16 recap. Uh, let's see. Saints clinched their division. Uh, Alvin Kamara had six touchdowns total on Christmas. Could have had seven, possibly. They took him out and brought in Taysom Hill when he had a chance to get six late in the ballgame. And then they got the ball back in the red zone and then gave it, gave it to him for the sixth one. He could have had seven, man. They would have been the record. It was an all-time record. There was only one other player, I want to say. Gail Sayers, I think, had six in a game. And that's it. It's Alvin and him. It was incredible. It was amazing. Like, if you had him or you're playing against him in fantasy, like, you knew what the outcome was immediately as soon as he played on that Friday night or Friday evening, whatever, Christmas. Wild. Um, one of the negatives that happened for that, the linebacker they traded for, Quan Alexander, did tear his, his Achilles, excuse me, and will be missing this season. Um, also clinching, Tampa. They get their first playoff berth since 2007. They got a blow uh, win over the Lions. Cardinals lost to the Niners. That was a big, big, big disappointment there for Arizona. Not able to get it done. Um, that really hurt their playoff chances. Um, it basically set up a scenario where they needed a win to get in in week uh, 17 uh, against the L.A. Rams, which is uh, they were fighting still for the division. I think it was them and the Seahawks were still still alive for that. So, yeah, the uh, the Rams coming in at that point, they were uh, um, they had just uh, lost to the Seahawks. Seahawks had locked up the NFC West title, and so they're just playing for the wild card there, pretty much week seventeen. But uh, the game was like <sighs> it was weird. So the Seahawks weren't able to do super much on offense, but. The Rams were really inept, and mostly that had to do with the fact that Goff dislocated his thumb or broke his thumb, um, pretty much, and popped the sucker back in and tried to play the rest of the game and wasn't as accurate and wasn't able to get as much uh, power on his throws. So that really affected him uh, and the rest of the team. They weren't able to make a comeback, which seemed like they might have. There was a chance for I think there was like a field goal game. Um, under a couple minutes, they got a couple possessions and weren't able to move the ball. So uh, eventually, they did decide to opt for surgery on that thumb. Uh, so that ruled golf out for that week seventeen matchup last week. Uh, so, like I said, they could have missed the playoffs if they would have lost, and if Chicago would have beaten Green Bay, which was, I guess, a big if. <laughs> it turned out to be a big no. <laughs> it did not happen. Um, but yeah, it was it was looking kind of bleak there for the for the Rams, um, if they wanted to control their destiny there. So Cooper Cup, he ended up having a positive COVID nineteen test. He's like their number one wide receiver, 
number one A, one B with Robert Woods there. Regardless, he's one of their weapons. He he missed the game. Um, it was thought that uh, Kyler Murray could possibly miss the game because he had a lower leg injury, but eventually he did end up playing, although he wasn't the best there. Um, wow. So, yeah, that did... Um, ended up being this John Walter guy, I think I want to say, who was the backup for the Rams. Made his first career start. Got his first career victory. <laughs> Beating Arizona Cardinals. Um, at home. That's uh, crazy, man. And then the way things were shaking at the end of the season, the NFC East, aka NFC Least, it was bad, man. Cowboys, they uh, eliminated the Eagles week 16. Setting up the scenario where if Washington beats the Eagles, they are in. But if they lose, the winner of the Dallas-New York Giants game would somehow win the division with only six games won on the season. That's how wild it was. Going into week 17, Washington says, Ah, the heck with it. Let's get this Haskins guy the fuck out of here. Are you kidding? The... 16 weeks into the season, you get cut. Bro. Bro. How many times have you been given a lifeline and you just decided you wanted to drown yourself? It's basically how it looks on the outside looking in. I don't know what the personal situation was, but it looked like there was some uh, lack of... Uh, I don't know if it was effort, accountability, something. There's some a lot lacking there. Fire, desire, passion, um, leadership. There was a lot to uh, to question, I would say, in terms of his performances. Because it was just lackluster. And, man, two seasons into his career. So, that's uh, Taylor Henneke guy uh, was supposed to start if Alex Smith wasn't going to be able to play because he had that calf injury. Uh, Smith didn't end up playing... Um, but man, how bad is it with a guy who's been picked up off the street sometime in like early December is a better option as a backup quarterback than the guy that the team drafted with the number what, 15 selection overall in the first round pick just the season prior. <sighs> wow. What a flame out there for Haskins, man. All right. Uh, week 16, Justin Herbert was able to break Baker Mayfield's rookie passing touchdown record, and he was the fourth rookie to throw for over 4,000 yards. So the dude was slinging. When I said he was slinging, he was really slinging it all season, man. That dude could chuck the football. Um, let's see. Frank Gore, he had an injury, rolled out week 17. Could be possibly the end of his 16-year career. The man that never dies, it seems like. That dude is a machine. Machine. Uh, there's a possibility he's coming back for his 17th season, though, because he did say he's still having fun. The dude is 36, 37 years old? Man. Crazy. 
Let's see, what else do we have? What else do we need? Okay, let's see. Um, <laughs> um, Thomas Davis of the football team, more known as the all-time leading tackler for the Panthers for his 13 seasons in Carolina, uh, set to retire after the season. Uh, also led the charges and tackles last year in 2019. Only played a sparingly with Washington this season. Uh, very ha uh, talented, uh, tough, you know, hard-nosed player on defense. That dude was all over the field. Uh, was very, very good there with Luke Keekley, the linebacker position. Wally Carolina. Hmm. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Anthony Costanzo of the Colts. He's got a season in the ankle surgery. Teasing piece for him. David Bakhtiari, left tackle for the Packers. Also done for the season. He had a torn ACL that he suffered in practice Oof. on uh, New Year's Eve. Let's see. Uh, Patty Mahomes, resting week 17. Chad Henney gets his first start since 2014 versus Chargers. Uh, spoiler alert. Chargers won that game because the Chiefs didn't care. Uh, Steelers, they decided to arrest some guys. Mason Rudolph started. Uh, ben Roethlisberger arrested uh, with the finale over the, uh, against the Browns, uh, which gave the Browns upper hand, you would think, except for the fact that they're dealing with their own COVID shit. Um, prior to that, they were... Uh, I think the week before they had missed a bunch of wide receivers. Yeah, that's that was the week before though. Uh, let's see. Fitzpatrick was out versus the Bills as a top backup after testing positive for COVID nineteen because uh the week before he came in as a backup. Led the Dolphins over the Raiders on the most miracle comeback of all time, where the Raiders kick a field goal to take the lead. With 19 seconds left, and Fitzpatrick throws a bomb down the field for like 40 yards, and it's caught. They also tack on a 15-yard uh, roughing the passer penalty or a necessary roughness penalty. Defender put his hand on the face mask helmet and yanked it backwards. Of Fitzpatrick as he was completing the letting the ball go to complete the pass, it was the most ridiculous way to lose a game. And yeah, eventually the next week he was out, so that was not an option. So it was a scenario where the Bills, or excuse me, yeah, it was the the Dolphins were playing the Bills. They needed a win to make the playoffs, pretty much. Bills decided they were not going to rest nobody, and they just dropped a hammer on them week 17, man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Alvin Kamara got placed on the COVID list uh, after testing positive twice as of the 1st of January. And there's a chance that he could miss a playoff game. I don't know what the latest is on that. Uh, they did lose their entire running back group to COVID-19. Latavius Murray, Dwayne Washington, and the fullback Michael Burton all were deemed close contacts. Um, after Kamara got it. Let's see. Um, Dalvin Cook 
where the Vikings missed his Week 17 the following the f- death of his father, James Cook, at the age of 46. We'll give a thoughts and prayers to the Cook family. That's definitely a very young age, and it's very tragic, I would assume. Um, very understandable um, for him to miss that game. It's uh, that's, a, that's a devastating loss, man. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, considering uh, talking about losses, I have to definitely mention... The fact that uh, Hall of Fame pass rusher Kevin Green ended up passing away on uh, the second um, at the age of 58 as well. So rest in peace to him as well. I know he played on a couple different teams. The Steelers, his run with the Steelers is probably his most iconic run that he had there. So rest in peace there to uh, to Kevin Green. Let's see. Um that Vikings game, they actually had a good performance there uh, to end the season. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, I remember Kirk Cousins was doing the gritty there with Justin Jefferson after he ran one in. But uh, speaking of Jefferson, though, he broke the NFL rookie record for receiving yards held uh, previously by Anquan Bolden. That dude had a crazy good season. And that's going to be a pretty exciting offense to... Um, uh, see develop next year for the Vikings. We'll see what Kirk can do. If he can be solid enough for them. And got two good wideouts, a good running back. Um, it's a good foundation to build. Got to get the defenders there, though. That's another big key for them. Let's see. Uh, Derrick Henry, that dude had a ridiculous season. He became the eighth player in NFL history to run for 2,000 yards in a season. Um... He has led the NFL in rushing attempts, yards, and touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. Wild. I think he got over 230 yards the final game just to get uh, over 2,000, which was insane. I mean, who expects that many yards on the ground? This dude punks so many guys in the football field this year. There's, like, hi- like highlight reel-worthy stuff. Him just, like, chucking guys out of the way, like they're li- like paper mache or something. Josh Norman. The one he did with Josh Norman early in the season was just brutal. Brutal. So bad. Man. Eighth player all time, man. Just check this list out. Uh, Eric Dickerson. Adrian Peterson. Jamal Lewis. Barry Sanders. Terrell Davis. uh, Chris Johnson. CJ2K. And O.J. Simpson. No, that's it. That's it. Those are the only guys that ever the rush for 2,000 yards, which is crazy. Crazy. So, congrats to Derek Henry. He's uh, put himself on a pretty nice pedestal mountaintop, you know, for so far in his professional career. Took him a little while to get going, to get the trust of his coaching staff and whatnot, but so last couple seasons, pretty terrifying to play against him. It's like a walking refrigerator coming to take you out, man. He's so big and fast, man. It's ridiculous. He's run over you, run past you, man. Run right by you. Crazy. Oh, yeah, so uh, let's get into some of the more intriguing matchups. Yeah, so the Titans, dude. Titans, they're in a ridiculous game. 
uh, with Houston with the division on the line. They were able to finally clinch it. Um, wild, wild ending. Tannehill, deep throw with a few seconds left, able to get him into field goal range after the Texans made a couple nice plays. Uh, the drive before to take the lead, or to tie the game, I should say. Uh, they bring the kicker out, backup kicker, because their normal kicker's injured. He hits the uh, upright, the right upright, bangs it in <laughs> on a weird angle, gets the deflection and, and off of the uh, the upright, and is able to hit the game winner. It was like crazy and nerve-wracking, I guess, on their part. But, uh, yeah, so that made the... Tennessee Titans, the winner of the AFC South uh, for this 2020 season. Let's see. Uh, what else happened? Oh, Cleveland. They were able to clinch the playoffs. They got that victory by two points over Pittsburgh and some of the backup players that they had out there. Um, Pittsburgh scored a touchdown, needed a two-point conversion to tie the game. Oh, we're not able to do so. Then it came up incomplete. Cleveland makes the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. 0-2 was the last time they made it, so congratulations to them. 24-22 was the final. Uh, they did have a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter, and they did almost blow it to backup quarterback today. We're not going to talk about that, all right? Congrats to the team. Uh, they got a big, tall task ahead of them. Um, and COVID has not been kind to them this week yet again. They're, they've had that disease just kind of lurking lurking and uh, wrecking havoc there in uh, in the uh, state of Ohio man it's been not fun for them recently we'll get back to that right uh, unfortunately for them they did miss uh, they're gonna miss Olivier Vernon he's uh, has ruptured his Achilles we wish him a speedy recovery this deep into the seasons always sucks because it just messes up your timing for going into the next one. So we hope him all the best. Hopefully he can come back better than ever. Um, but it's going to hurt them in the short term for sure. Rams return to the playoffs. They got the victory uh, over the Cardinals. That did help the Bears clinch the berth uh, into the playoffs as well. Even though they did get demolished by the Green Bay Packers. Which is just... Quite frankly, what happened? <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going to get the MVP this season. I think he deserves it. Had a career-high number of touchdowns. Yes. Him or Patrick Mahomes. People want to put Josh Allen up there, too. Sean Watson put up great numbers on a really bad team. He had very, very many chances. Uh, that's, that's improper. You know what I mean. Motherfucker threw a shit ton. <laughs> Defense was horrible. He had to throw all the time, so partially why. Um, yeah, I think Rogers MVP though. I think that's my pick. Um, so yeah, speaking of the Packers, they ended up clinching the number one seed in the NFC. Final score thirty five sixteen over the Bears, and Packers are not going anywhere, man. I think they're talking about allowing 6,000 fans into the stadium 
this weekend. So we'll see if they'll be able to pick pick for the Lambo. Um, let's see. Colts clinched the final AFC playoff spot with the win over the Jaguars, and that kind of rounded things out. So it's uh, Kansas City; they get the bye. Uh, Buffalo; they are um, in winning the AFC East. Uh, let's see. The South is won by Tennessee. The West, obviously Kansas City hasn't mentioned. The North is Pittsburgh. Cleveland gets a wild card spot. Um, as does um, the Colts. Indy. Indy made it as well. And then uh, Baltimore. Baltimore's the other team. So the matchups on the AFC side, round one. Colts at Bills. I will take the Bills in this one. Um, and then on Sunday we have Ravens at Titans. I'll take Titans. And Browns at Steelers. I'll take the upset. Just try to, because I want to root for the Browns. Let's go, Brownies. Um, yeah, man. I have some buddies from college that are from Cleveland, so I want to see them happy. Um, do your thing, Phil. Do your thing, man. Hope your team has it this week. Uh, let's go to the NFC side, though. So, this is the matchups here. So, team getting the bye, the Packers. They're off. Um, winning the West, the Seahawks, as I mentioned. LA Rams, they got one of the wild card spots. They're actually going to face Seattle. Tampa Bay, they got the uh five seed so that's the best wild card position and they are playing the worst division winner which is the washington football team after that uh ridiculous week 17 victory over the eagles where the eagles basically tanked took out jalen hurts at the end of the game went for it on fourth down did not get it um some questions there as to you know whether or not they got some calls from upstairs telling them, hey, man, we need this loss so that uh, we don't lose three spots on the draft order uh, for next year. All right, you want to keep your job? You got to do this. So I don't know if that happened or not. Seems pretty evident that it did because the, the Giants are needed that victory. They were on the edge of the seat and it's pretty sad, man. That kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> that's life, bro. Uh, so Washington, yeah, they're hosting a playoff game, but it's it's Tampa with Tom Gronkowski. The whole game, I gotta go with Tampa in this one. I'm rude for Washington. I gotta choose Tampa though. Uh, next day we got the Bears and Saints. I'm going Saints all the way. So, um, yeah, New Orleans, they won the South. Um, Chicago, last team to get in. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't think so. I don't know if they got it. I don't know if they got it. Um, so, yeah, some good matchups this weekend, though. So, um, yeah, give you a little bit of background, though. Uh, let's go into the Rams situation. Goff is now throwing on practice as of uh, Wednesday. 
the sixth, just nine days after getting thumb surgery. Uh, he Cooper Cup is off the COVID list, and Andrew Worthworth is looking to be ready uh, after he tore his MCL and PCL eight weeks earlier. So it looks like he's going to give it a go. Um, great job attacking that rehab and coming back just in the nick of time for his team right when they need him. Whitworth is a beast. He has been uh, a monster on that left tackle position for so long. Formerly of the Bengals. Been with the Rams now, I think, four years. And he's actually, fun fact, uh, older than their head coach. So, yeah, <laughs> still doing it. Still doing it there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. He's not going to be able to coach this week because he's got COVID. Three other Browns players are out as well. Offensive lineman Joel Batonio. He's a big presence there. Wide receiver Kaderil Hodge. Um, he's more of a, a depth option. Uh, and safety Ronnie Harrison, who has started for them. All three of those guys are out for the game. So COVID, man, it's just rolling through it, man. So playoffs are starting. We'll uh, we'll get back and talk to you. I think about uh, some of the matchups there. We'll see if any of my predictions are correct or accurate. Um, so yeah, it's kind of that. Uh, some news away from the field. We'll kind of just kind of roll through this as best we can, as quickly as we can. Um, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of moves after the season. Obviously, Jets firing Adam Gase. Uh, third coach fired. Jaguars fired. Doug Marone. Fourth coach fired. Chargers letting go of Anthony Lynn. I think fifth coach fired. I think I'm missing somebody. Um, who am I missing? Hmm? Oh, that's right. The Falcons. The Falcons also came their uh, coach too this season. Um finally gone uh let's see her so yeah that'll happen texans they have a new gm for the first time in a while uh nick casario uh formerly with the patriots as an executive he's gonna earn six million per year <laughs> uh 30 million dollar contract for over five years and he's one of the three highest paid general managers even though he's never been a general manager and this move apparently pissed off uh their quarterback Deshaun Watson quite a bit because he wanted to be involved in the decision making process and apparently he was kind of frozen out and yeah he was uh, not too happy I guess about it on social media I think he deleted a tweet and he posted about it yeah um, franchise player you might not want to alienate him he just signed a huge contract extension before the season started you know. Might want to keep him a little happy. So, not off to the greatest start there. Um, apparently, he had uh, a bunch of other people that they were considered that he was you know, was okay with. I think Casario was the only dude who wasn't on his list that they interviewed. Sticking it to him? I don't know, man. Uh, that dude, Mc, uh, Bob McNair, is kind of out there for his personality and stuff, too, man. Some of the shit I've seen him say, so. 
You might just say, screw it. I'm going to pick the guy I want. You're my employee. You do what I ask of you, <laughs> which is kind of a dick move, but I guess within the right at the current juncture. I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, Cowboys firing the defensive coordinator, uh, Mike Nolan, after the team allowed the most points in team history. Yep, not a very good defense. Jim Schwartz leaving the Eagles after five seasons. And Chan Gailey is going to resign as a Dolphins offensive coordinator. Um, yep. Uh, Broncos' John Elway is going to give up his general manager duties after 10 seasons. He will still be the president of football operations. What does that title mean? I have no fucking clue. Um, but, yeah, somebody else is going to be drafting people and making, like, the personnel decisions now. Ten years at the job, man. That kind of went by quickly. Did pretty well for himself. Um, I mean, he first took that job over. P having Peyton Manning helps. Having a really good defense helps, and they had that kind of some of those key pieces in place. But, you know, was able to help him out, get him over the hump. And they did a thing as much as I don't like the team and all that stuff. They did what they did. And so, yeah, so I guess he's kind of realizing that, that – uh, not his job no more really you know uh you know you know you know uh let's see here boom 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 not good news man josh jacobs for the raiders got arrested on dy charges at mccarran airport tunnel on the 4th of january this last monday got involved in a single car accident got pulled over and arrested so mm, not the best look there Josh not the best look um, hope you're in a good frame of mind for the next upcoming season I hope you stay healthy keep improving um, you know keep working on your body all that stuff keep uh, working on your game <sighs> a little bit of a tough sophomore year there's tough moments. Maybe the numbers didn't bear out as much as we might have anticipated. But still have a player. still have a lot of trust in him. And I think he can do great things for the franchise still. You know, as they continue to establish themselves in Vegas, I really want to go see him play in that damn stadium. It looks amazing. Not one single fan was allowed in this year. And it's, it's a shame, man. That's such a shame. Uh, let's see. Who else? Um, remember that crazy story with DeAndre Baker? Uh, all Chargers ended up getting dropped against him, uh, former Giants quarterback. Uh, William Dean, the attorney representing three of Baker's alleged robbery victims, was arrested on uh, December the 6th, or November the 16th and is facing an ex extortion charge related to the case because he reportedly attempted to extort Baker to pay each of his clients more than $266,000, and in return, they would stop cooperating with prosecutors in the case or change their initial statements to police. That seems kind of crazy, but not unheard of. <laughs> Man. Fuck. Attorneys be shady, bro. Um, 
I got news here that's kind of news, but kind of not news because shit didn't really happen. A lot of it, uh, like there was the talk about the 18th week. Uh, let's talk of maybe doing a playoff bubble for like one in Dallas and one in LA or somewhere. That's not going to happen. The teams are going to play at their home stadiums. Um, um, let's see. There was a 16-team playoff contingency plan if they weren't going to able to finish the season where they just expand the playoffs to 16 teams. Like if uh, games got canceled or whatnot, that never ended up happening. Um, there was a thought that the Saints might consider moving games to the LSU Stadium since the city of New Orleans wasn't going to allow fans in there. That ended up happening, even though I think New Orleans allowed some fans, small capacity, but Baton Rouge was just going to say, screw it, we'll allow everybody in. Saints decided they didn't want to do that. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, one of the things NFL is planning on doing for the futures is hopefully having 20% uh, seating capacity at this next Super Bowl. Uh, what is this? Uh, 55? Yeah. Uh, Raiders are offering to host the Super Bowl in 2024. Um, their Pro Bowl got pushed back to 2022. Cause it was supposed to be this season. Obviously, they're doing it virtually now. No real Pro Bowl uh, to be played. Um, so, yeah. The Pro Bowl is going to be played on Madden due to the pandemic. Um, so, yeah. He thought Washington was having a crazy season dealing with Dwayne Haskins. Ron Rivera having cancer. Uh, there also news that their owner, Dwayne, uh, Dan Snyder, uh, settled a reported sexual misconduct claim for $1.6 million in 2009. Mm. That's not a good look. <laughs> uh, Snyder claiming he's being extorted by the minority owner in order to sell the franchise. Both could be true. <laughs> I do not know. possibility and I feel sorry for anybody who's been a victim um, of sexual assault that is uh, horrific and this yeah my support um, so the fact that he settled a lawsuit about it for that big of an amount tells me there's probably some smoke there or some fire there with that smoke Um. Yeah, this Dan Snyder guy. Not necessarily considered an upright citizen or model human being, necessarily. Uh, apart from the fact that he has been a very shady, questionable owner of a professional sports franchise. The way he conducts himself away from that uh, role is also pretty questionable. To say the least at this point. Yeah, difficult. Um... Other small news and notes. Uh, Logan Ryan for the Giants. He got a three-year extension worth $31 million earlier. Um, Marlon Humphreys had a five-year extension worth $98.75 million earlier this season. I don't know why this note is here and not earlier. Um, Russell Okun the, for the Panthers became the first player to be paid in Bitcoin ever. That's kind of new. New and exciting things. Dollars kind of old. Nobody wants them greenbacks no more. No blue faces. Um, yeah, so guys, Bitcoin's all the rage. We'll, we'll see if he uh, regrets that decision later in the future. 
Or if it's the other way around and he regrets not being able to be paid a Bitcoin early. We'll see what it is. We'll see what it is. Uh, let's see. Madden put Kaepernick back into the their game. Rated him at 81 at the beginning of the season. I think that was just because Madden wasn't selling and they were just trying to get anybody to buy that shit. Um, let's see. The Rock announces XFL will return in the spring of 2022. He's able to get ownership of the league and get them up and running. Um, yeah, I got a lot of little notes here for like college football shit that happened. Basically, a lot of teams got COVID. A lot of schedules got fucked up. A lot of teams started late. Um, Pac-12 ended up getting a small, short schedule together, as did uh, the Big Ten. Um, SEC, ACC, those conferences were able to get most of the Big 12. They were able to get most of their schedule completed. So um, ended up getting a college football playoff that looked like this. It was uh, Clemson versus Ohio State. And then it was Alabama versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame got scraped. Clemson actually got uh, upset by Ohio State. So now we have uh, Ohio State versus Alabama. Um, yeah, Ohio State only had like six victories on the season or something. Um, they didn't play a lot of games. So kind of fr more fresh this part of the year. I don't know. It's weird, man. This whole college football. College football is weird as fuck, man. Uh, especially this year. I mean, everybody was getting COVID, man. Games were getting canceled or rescheduled. Uh, teams didn't have eligible players. Coaches were getting uh, COVID. It's wild, wild. Teams had to forfeit bowl games and stuff uh, yeah man it's getting wild I hope they're able to get stuff under control now um, and I, I hope this NFL playoffs is able to go off as best as possible man we already know what's going on with the Brown situation and how they're not going to have their head coach and their play caller available but uh Will they be able to rally? Who knows, man. I'm getting tired. That was a lot of, like, catching up to do. We didn't even really break down X's and O's shit. That was just all fucking news and notes, basically, around the NFL. And it's playoff time, man. I'm excited. Uh, a lot of football tomorrow. I'm going to get some sleep. And I'm going to post this shit up probably in the morning uh, before the first game. But, uh, yeah, this is the Puro Caballero Show with your host, Mario Caballero. Um, we are available on Instagram at the Puro Caballero Show. Uh, you can tune into the show basically everywhere. You can get podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, you name it. Um, <laughs> tune in uh, a few other places. But yeah, that's basically it, guys. Um, this has been your host. You can follow me, Mario Caballero, on Instagram, Twitter, all the like. You can just uh, follow me at Puro Caballero. That's P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O. For all you gringos, okay? All right. Um, so, yeah, that's been episode 88. Y'all been good. Later. Yeah.